Welcome back to the 3 and D podcast. The season's underway. Ben and I are now coming at you every week uh, of the season. No more every other week. But I tried to record last week, and I think Ben skipped out on me because uh, he didn't want to hear me give him crap about Tennessee losing to Ole Miss. Um, so here we are a, a week later than you know I, I tried to be. Ben was actually being gracious. We thought my wife was going into labor, so he was like, hey, uh, no rush. We can wait till till next week. But uh, Ben, how's it been? I was stocking up on mustard last week. <laughs> Dude, his That's wife fine. threw mustard at him. His yeah, wife did throw did. mustard at him. Um, I felt I, I felt betrayed. I hadn't been up ten minutes. I'm getting mustard thrown at me the next morning. I'm like, what? The look on your face was priceless. That's what I felt. I just felt betrayed because you know. She was asking me what went on at the game, and was like, okay. And then, you know, five minutes later, she's throwing mustard at me. At least she didn't hit you with a golf ball. No, that's 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 true. That's, uh, that's the, the good point about that. Yeah, so uh, – Congratulations on your Ole Miss yeah. Rebels. Yeah, we've, we've since beaten the, uh, LSU. We're 6-1, and one, so. Top 10. Top 10, but that's all rat poison, according to Lane Kiffin. So, we won't we won't talk about that. This is a Grizzlies podcast, so let's let's jump into uh, the Grizzlies. We've had three games now. Um, we also have two fantastic guests with us. You already heard one. Uh, jump in and, right. and let Ben hear it. Um, so the first one for me uh, is a bucket list guest. You don't know this, but I've wanted to have this guy on for a long time since I've been doing this. Uh, but he felt kind of like out of reach, like too much of a celebrity for me to be able to get. Um, our One of our guests with us tonight is Mr – John Roser. John, yeah, sorry for interrupting in there, dude, but I like you start talking college football and things, and like I, I just I love football. Um, because I actually get to be a fan talking about football rather than like you know, when it's Grizzlies at NBA, you have to be the analyst and, and, and everything. So, but football, I just get to do it from a fan perspective. So it so it's great. And then also, look, man, I'm I'm never out of reach, but I will say. When you have Ben Hogan here with you, um, Ben and I actually graduated high school the same year from the same high school. So uh, Ben and I have known each other for a long, long time. So that's my guy. That's awesome. Uh, definitely appreciate you you coming on. Um, and I'm not the prize. The real prize is the other guest. The other guest. The other guest is I think only doing this as a favor uh, because <laughs> <laughs> she said the wrong wrong name one night. But uh, our other guest is is probably the most talented uh, woman in the city of Memphis when it comes to covering anything newsworthy. Um, and that is Miss Jessica Benson, the voice of the Grizzlies pregame, halftime and postgame show and rise and grind with Grind City Media. Jessica, thank you for coming on. What's up? I would do it even if it wasn't a favor, but I did feel very bad for, I have an old script that had our other highlight coordinator, Tommy D and I got, sucked into reading the teleprompter if there'd been a question mark in it I would have asked it as a question but appreciate everything I'm no John Roser but I'm just happy to be here no 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 oh no you stop it it. it. no 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 Jessica (laughs) is one of the most talented people I have ever worked Uh, not even say I'm not that's not just because she's right next to me on post game and because I see her almost every day at work she is truly one of the most talented people I've ever worked with yeah, it's I'll right back at you. This is a fun night for me because I am the least talented person in the room and I am totally <laughs> okay with it. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Never sell yourself Who's short. Who's that ego? 
By the way, hey, you're, you're getting did, it down, Justin. Did your wife get so you thought your wife went into labor? Yeah, so fun story. Um, she she was having a bunch of contractions, and we thought like any minute now we were going into the hospital. And then she took a bath and she was fine. She went to the doctor today, and the doctor said, try to induce today. So we'll probably have a baby this week. Oh, wow. congratulations. congratulations. You, you know, so I good. thought Ben, after having gone through it, was just going to tell you, suck it up, we're doing the podcast. <laughs> you could, you could do it from the problems. delivery room. Do it from the delivery yeah, room. Yeah, really could have done that on. too, yeah. That's I had my own problems. I had COVID when my wife gave birth, so. Oh. That's Ooh. right. Yeah. We yeah. recorded we recorded a podcast while his wife was giving birth. <laughs> I couldn't go. I couldn't go to the hospital. Yeah, might as well record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we got time. Why not? Yeah, right. Like... <laughs> All right. Uh Roser, I want to I want to start this one with you. Um you got to have Steven Adams for the, the media day, and you and Chris got to interview him, and he just seems like an absolute blast of a person. Like just talk about the experience that you've had so far uh, with Adams as a person, but also seeing him on the court with his team. Yeah, that's that's really the only time I've ever gotten to uh, – because we've only had one home game, and the guests that we had post-game for the home game was uh, – we had Ja, Desmond, and, and Melton, so we didn't get to see Steven there. Um, and a lot of times the pregame – like the, the shoot-around media availability is going on during our show, so I don't get to be down there for that either. And, and training camp was going on during our show. So that interview that we had with him was kind of the only chance that I've, that I've gotten to really ask him anything and talk to him. And he wished one of my buddies who was marrying a uh, – who was marrying a girl from New Zealand, a Kiwi, as they call them, uh, he, sa- he said, good luck. They're tough, mate. Um, but – no, he is everything that I had heard about from around the league, um, and especially from Oklahoma City fans um, and Oklahoma City writers that had said, like, Dude, you're going to love the guy. Like, you're going to love him. Like, he, his personality is amazing. You're going to see why teammates love him. Um, and you saw him out there at Summer League sitting next to Jaron uh, during some of the Summer League games, and you could tell they were going to click right away. But you see it on the court. It is one of those things I've kind of compared it to um, when the Grizzlies traded Rudy Gay, where it was, it's not that Rudy Gay was like a bad player, but it was like Rudy Gay took like 18 shots a game. He was leading the team in, in shot attempts, but he was shooting a lesser percentage than Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, and Mike Conley. And they said, hey, well, let's take this guy off and let's bring in a guy like Tayshaun Prince, who's more of a glue guy, and let's have more shots go to Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, and Zach Randolph. Some of those 18 shots get redistributed. Now, Valanciunas was very high. He was very efficient. And you could definitely make the case he was their most consistent player. I don't think it is the case. Valanciunas was their most consistent player throughout the season last year. But I think you see those shot attempts and you say, okay, we think Jaw's taking a leap. Jaron's going to be back in the fold and we think he's going to be healthy. We're about to pay him as such. And then we've got Melton who we want to see take a leap. We got Desmond Bain who we think we want to see do more. We need those shots to go somewhere else. So you bring in a guy like Steven Adams, who has no issue. He grabs the rebounds, and he throws them back out. Um, he sets good screens, which is something JV did very well. And he can defend more on the perimeter than Valanciunas can. And I think that has been a big thing. I also think he is a better passer than Valanciunas. Thus, you see, you know, what, six assists against uh, the Lakers. And you see some other pretty good assist numbers. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's been what, what they envisioned him bringing is what he's done. Yeah, I I, uh, I came out with the article like when you when you make a trade and it's involving two players or 
pretty much going to be swapping roles uh, between teams. It's talent's not linear when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like it's not a direct correlation. Like, okay, he was bad here as a center in New Orleans. So he's going to be bad here when he comes to Memphis. JV was really good in Memphis. And then he's going to be really good in New Orleans just because of that. Offensively, Valanciunas is a better player than Steven Adams. We know that. But what this Grizzly team needs is Steven Adams. And uh, the people just like, oh, he's washed. Did you see what he did? It was just a terrible fit in, in New Orleans. And New Orleans didn't have a point guard. See, Valanciunas has always had a good point guard. He's had Kyle Lowry. He's had Mike Conley. He's had John Morant. Those point guards elevate everybody that's around them at all times. You go early right now in New Orleans, Valanciunas doesn't have a good point guard or a point guard at all because Devontae Graham's not a point guard. Yeah. Valanciunas is struggling, and I think it's uh, it's not a, an indictment on Valanciunas but in any in any way, but Stephen Adams is just exactly what we need. And, you know, Ben, you remember when we had Hasseltown on, uh, and, you know, he, he can't really tell us uh, certain things about what's going on with the Grizzlies, but you caught it, and I didn't. Um, he hinted that this is exactly the kind of move that the Grizzlies were going to make, right? Yeah, it was, it was one that he was talking about that would build around Ja that would let Ja be a superstar. Like he kind of said that this year he felt like that's what the Grizzlies were doing was establish this as Ja's team, bring in pieces like a Steven Adams that will let him shine more and really feed off of him and let him just work. And that's what we've seen so far. I mean, Ja leads the league in scoring, which I never would have seen that coming. I know it's three games in, but still that's crazy because there were nights where Ja, like he would defer. He would have to get Jonas going. He would defer and he would end up, First half, he would have maybe seven, eight assists and four points, and he would take over if he had to. But now it seems like he's starting games, taking over, and just it's his team, and everybody knows that, and everybody's taking note. Yeah, so let's transition to Ja. You know, we had the the betting preview where we talked about uh, the best odds that we thought were out there, and we thought that, you know, maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. as the most improved, you know, were the best odds for the Grizzlies to take. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere today, John Morant's the leader in the clubhouse um, for for most improved. And I, I would say that I think this, the ceiling that most of us thought, you know, Ja had this season was all-star. But that's starting to look more like a floor for him this year. Jessica, like, talk to us about what you've seen out of Ja so far. Yeah, it's just a different version of Ja. It's an elevated version of Ja Morant. And that competitiveness and, and the sheer talent factor has been there. But when you look at the things that he really needed to work on in his game, primarily the three-point shot, what well, was the biggest piece of conversation going into the offseason? Ja Morant can't shoot from three. What does he do on Sunday night against the Lakers? Drains five threes. Like, we, we just did not see that. That's the first time that he's been able to do that in his career. But just as he continues to add to his bag night in and night out and the wow factor and the acrobatics and the circus shots and the dunks and the dimes, and it's just putting all of that together. And he's one of the most electric young players in the NBA by far. And like you said, now he's the scoring leader. Like, before it felt like he was kind of almost sometimes a passer first and struggled to take over games. Now when you're late in a game, it's like, oh, John Morant, not only is it his role to be that player who can go get you a bucket when you need it the most, like he's ready to embrace that role night in and night out. And that's so exciting. When you have a player like John Morant on the court, you truly have an opportunity to win every single game. And that's something that I don't know if the Grizzlies have necessarily had to the degree that John Morant brings it night in, night out. Yeah, so Roser, uh, I'm going to ask this question to all three of you because this was this was a fun little debate on Twitter uh, a couple days ago. I don't know what 
parts of Grid Twitter that y'all see, but me and Ben get dragged down to the depths. Too many yeah. of them. <laughs> Too <laughs> many. <laughs> so they probably um, see worse than we do. Yeah, they probably do see worse than we do. I is are either any of y'all on Grid's Facebook? Because I am not. I'm no. not on Facebook. I no, don't have I Facebook. Stay off. Yeah, yeah, stay off right. that territory. So I just see Britain. what my man Anthony Sane posts. Post <laughs> I am I Twitter, am on yeah. Tiger's Facebook. I'm on Tiger's Facebook yeah. just for sheer I'm entertainment too. factor, but I can't do it for Grizzlies. Can't. So the I am of the thought that there is no question that John ja Morant is the most talented basketball player to put on a Grizzlies jersey. Now, obviously, that excludes Allen Iverson, who, you know, wore it for three games or whatever. Uh, but – and, and people immediately just went, you know, up and on because Mike Conley this and Mark Gasol. That's not what we're talking about. They had great careers. They're great Grizzlies. And it's not even demeaning them in any way. But, like, John Morant has more talent than any player that's ever put on this jersey. And it's already obvious in year three. Roser, like, it, is that crazy? Um, the only one that would be debatable is Iverson. And I know you said we're not going to count Iverson because it was like three games. Um, but Iverson would be the one like Vince Carter. Vince Carter is, yeah, Vince Carter's up there. Um, Vince Carter, Carter, but when Vince played. He he was past way past his prime yeah. when he played. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I, you're just saying talented. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so I have to. I'm taking their whole career into in in my stance now. Like Vince Carter is one of like the 100 best players to ever play in the NBA. So obviously we know he's not 75. So he's somewhere between 76 and 100. <laughs> Wait, Thompson is 77, so he's got to be between yeah, 77 and 100. Yeah. <laughs> So he's somewhere, he's somewhere in there. Maybe the NBA is wanting to take James Harden off that list and put Dwight Howard back on it. Uh, <laughs> the way Harden's played. But, uh, yeah, Vince Carter and Iverson, and I know since you said we're not even going to count Iverson because he only played a couple games, Vince Carter would be the one. That'd be it. Like, pure, like just talent? Yeah, just pure talent. talent. Vince Carter. I mean, Vince Carter would be the one. Yeah. I mean, if – if John Morant has the career Vince Carter had, that's an amazing career. Oh, no like, doubt. That's incredible if you can have that career. What do you think, Hogan? Uh, I, I think that right now what we're seeing, like the potential, yes. I mean, by far. Um, Mike Conley never made an all-star game as a, as a Grizzly. So I think that, I mean, what, John Morant's – we're saying that that's possibly the floor for him. Uh, Marcus Gasol made how many as a Grizzly? Two? Two or three. Yeah, I think two or three. Yeah. And I think he helped because he played in a position where, I mean, obviously he was dominant. Like the West is always stacked with guards. And if John Morant can go ahead and jump the majority of the guards in the West, I mean, I think that I would say John Morant is on that. When it comes to John Morant or Mike Conley, I would definitely say John Morant. Uh, You you can throw Zebo in there when it comes to importance of the team and importance of the franchise. Like, are we going with talent or are we going with importance of the franchise? Like there's all this criteria. Talent, just just being... talent. I, that, that was the yeah. conversation. It was just yeah. pure talent. Nothing else. Potential wise, John Morant. Um, I mean, just because his career is very young, we hope. So there's a lot more to go. We saw Derek Rose early in his Bulls career. And then what would you, I mean, what would you say Derek Rose's career is now? Yeah. Uh, don't don't we put don't, that I mean, on Josh. Yeah, that don't, put, don't put that don't injury put that. injury vibe I'm not, out I'm there. Just, this is a discussion. I know. I don't. <laughs> it, it has to be included in that. 
because that's where he is. He's early in his career. And right now, yes, I would say that Ja potentially has has the potential to get to that level of being the uh, greatest Grizzly of all time and even being one of the, the best NBA players of his uh, generation. What we're seeing right now, I see that possible. But again, like I just said, we saw Derrick Rose. I don't want that right. to happen. I hate I- putting it out there. No, 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 no. Did, did, did they actually have to wear the uniform? Did they have to wear the Grizzlies uniform? Because, you know, we did have Dwight Howard for a couple of months before we traded him. <laughs> like, he, never, he never wore the jersey, but we did have him technically. I, yeah, believe, he I too. believe the technical question was put the jersey on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Had, so. they had to wear the jersey because otherwise, I'm, I swear to God, like, I'm not, I am really not like some big Dwight Howard fan, but I still am pissed off about that. Sorry if I'm allowed, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about the NBA not having, <laughs> dude, dude, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, I'm sorry, I have to vent about this right now. <laughs> Dwight Howard, Dwight, like Damian Lillard, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden, uh, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, all being on that list and Dwight Howard not being on that list is insanity insanity sorry so i just just i'm gonna vernon said on the mismatch with kevin o'connor like can you name one city that howard left and like oh we love that guy we missed no it would have been orlando but he like was begging his way out of there so no so that, that's that's the only argument that I can see against it. Well, like the best, only one. Best players, though. It's not like freaking yeah. who likes you. Like <laughs> it's there. Trust me. There, there's there are tons of jerks that made that team. Like tons of them. Michael Jordan won of them. Made it. <laughs> yeah. Reggie Miller is now like a bigger D head in the world than Reggie Miller. <laughs> like, he's like known as that. Like Reggie right. Miller is known as like kind of being a jerk. Michael Jordan's like one of the biggest jerks ever. Yep. All right, Benson. Is John Morant the most talented? (laughs) All caveats aside, all potential aside, right now, in the now, yes. He is the most sheer talented player to put on a Grizzlies uniform, and the Grizzlies are so very lucky to have them. Already knew that was the case, but going into year three, it's just become even more apparent. Yeah, so, like, this this improvement, the you know, what he did in the dark over the offseason is, like, meteoric like it's it's insane how much he's improved one can he maintain that and two like what else can he do to get better like if he continues to shoot the three like I don't he's obviously not going to shoot this clip all season long um he's not going to shoot at a 70 percent clip in the paint all season long either like he's he's going to wear down some and tire but like think about John's in six years like what is what does his game look like in six years if he's doing this you know it, it's insane that the Grizzlies have somebody that goes into Staples Center and, and you can hear the ooze and the ahs through Eric's microphone on the radio call. Like, just the, the showstopper, the guy who steals the show, Grizzlies have never had that. No. You know, is this maintainable? And that's where ultimately we're three games into the season. And so it's easy to get hyperbolic in this sense. But based on what you've seen, like, what would lead you to believe not? I'm not even going to put out there. He has to stay on the court. I'm not going to pull a Ben, throw the DR <laughs> name into the mix at this point in time in his career. But we're <laughs> like, even early in this year, okay, what did we want from Job? We wanted to see him take more threes. We saw him get that nice little mid-range jumper game going on in the preseason. Haven't even seen that as much in the regular season. Haven't even seen him da- dip into his classic floater game. Like, he's doing so much more that's just already – Uh, filled out everything that we've asked him to do 
And uh, where does that leave you? Like at this point, you can't help but think, I, I agree with you, Justin. It's like, okay, we came into it. John Morant, all-star campaign, let's go. And we're three games in and people are like, oh, it's very clear that John Morant has a path to being an actual all-star this season. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard. It's the, tough. the shot, the shot is the one. Like the three point shot's the one. Like I, I expect him to to attack the basket like this. Um, and and it's going to be interesting to see. Like the Lakers started running two guys up at him, and it still didn't stop it. But you're going to see more teams start to try things against him, and so it's really going to put the test at the Anthony Melton's ability off the dribble, um, creating off the dribble, and um, and Desmond Baines. And Dylan Brooks, for that matter, when he comes back, those guys' ability to do some things off the dribble. But, no, the big thing for Ja is it's the shot. Like, is the three-point shot real? Like, I thought his mid-range game would improve, and we still really haven't seen a ton of that because it's really been shooting threes or getting all the way to the rim because once he gets going, teams realize, oh, my God, we can't stop this guy from getting the rim, so he just goes all the way to the rim. But uh, it is the three-point shot. Look, I'm, I'm not asking it to be – what. how many did he make last night? What was it? Five. Five of what? Five of six. That's yeah, crazy. right. That's not happening. On yeah, the top. yeah. Eighty percent from the three point line, um, or eighty three point three percent. He was two of he was two of seven against the Clippers. So like you have back to back, right? Right. So that's what seven of thirteen. I don't expect seven of thirteen. Whatever that is, um, that's a really good percentage. It's over fifty percent. I don't expect that to happen. But if Ja can shoot thirty seven percent from three, that's going to go a long, long way for this team. That's what I. That's what I want to see. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Melton and Bain. So, Ben, I'm going to throw this to you because you texted me today and you said that something that you were worried about has come true uh, as far as Bain and Melton being in the starting lineup. Um, how do you see that playing out going forward, Ben? And what do you think happens when Brooks uh, re-enters the lineup, which we have no idea when that's going to happen because we know that the Grizzlies have no issue playing the long game when it comes to injuries? Yeah, I – it was bench production. Uh, I, I felt like if we put if the Grizzlies put Maine or said Bain and Melton in the starting lineup together, they would have a little trouble finding scoring off the bench. A different guy would have to step up. We saw that some last year, but this year it's, it's been a little bit more difficult. Uh, Taylor Jenkins has done a good job of trying to mix and match lineups, not necessarily having the full bench out there all at the same time, but still you have to get some type of production. And we've also seen a little bit of a drop off from Kyle Anderson, I think that's also due to the fact that I think he's taking more of a load uh, scoring or trying to do stuff off the bench because, and he's playing the three. We saw last year he was better playing the four. Uh, once Brooks returns, I, I feel like Melton's going to go to the bench uh, just because of uh, he can score really quick. I mean, we saw that in the, the game against uh, Cleveland, which he scored, what was it? He had back-to-back-to-back threes or – he. Some along those lines, like it was really quick scoring, and he also brings the defense off the bench well that you'll get when Brooks returns. So I think you keep Brooks and Bain in the lineup, and that will get a little scoring punch on the bench. I think that's how it works when Brooks comes back, but also wouldn't surprise me if uh, Taylor Jenkins starts Brooks coming off the bench just because Bain and Melton seem to be working well together with the starters. Got to have my props, my rookie card props. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Bain select concourse disco freaking 90 million different parallels in the new select and this just came in today mail day that's the d'anthony melton auto 
out of 99 court Kings era parent came in today. Shout out. Had to have my props. Yeah. I got my Milton rookie card and his rockets Jersey there. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> got the hoops. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cause he got to play for two teams. So mine, he's in the sun's Jersey. He's in the sun's Jersey right there. So well, yeah. I have a USC poster to my right. So <laughs> we're all in it covering the D Anthony Melton. Ben, do you have a oh, TCU sure. poster? Can, can we get something that's you know, TCU? I do go, not. I have a Desmond Bain rookie around here somewhere, but I don't have it, like, within arm's reach. I think I've got another one up here. Let me see if I've got it. I think i got another one. Yeah, there we go. i got another one. Here's a little Desmond Bain action. Another one. That's a regular <laughs> select because, nice. again, they have 90 million parallels, and then these are just other rookies. I swear to God, I have basketball cards all over the place here. That's all right. Yeah, so I have them all around my, my room in here. I just don't have any in uh, arms reach. <laughs> yeah, I've got some more. Yes, you got to get some basketball cards. I do not have any holographic, but, but if I was going to get a basketball card, I want some cool holographic. Hey, I don't you, even know what the correct you, terminology you can, is. You can, have this, you can have this holographic Dylan Brooks if you want it. Okay. I don't like him, so you can have it. <laughs> okay, sure. You want this, this is the Obi Toppin graded. No, but I want the autograph. Did you get the Obi Toppin shirt? I'm try. I I I'm gonna get that. Maybe when I, maybe when I sell this. Hey, it's up. It's up for auction on eBay. If anybody wants to go bid on it, um, maybe when I sell it, I'll buy the Obi Toppin shirt. Buy Obi Free Toppin. Want. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. Whoever wants it can have it. Is there a case for Dylan Brooks to stay on the bench for a while if this starting lineup continues to be phenomenal like it is? One hundred percent. Dylan Dylan's a guy who's gonna get shots up. Yeah, like Dylan is a guy who's going to shoot the ball, no doubt. Um, and he wants to get, he's going to get his looks. Like that's just one. Like, and and look, I know some people, it, it'll drive some people crazy, but like that's also what makes Dylan Dylan. You know that that that's how he is. Um, and I think you look at that bench struggling to score. Like, I, like Dylan Brooks could be the shot in the arm they need. You know, uh, put him in and like, all right. My turn, you know, <laughs> you know, he could be God. the wave. He's like, I got this. Yeah. Um, Dylan looks up. <laughs> and plus, I think Dylan playing against second units could be great for him, too. I mean, the guy's already good enough to play against first teams in the league. So, um, you know, I think it could be one of those things. He comes off the bench, but he also closes games. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Like, do you get the Dylan Brooks who averaged 26 points in the playoffs and was just such a defensive lock? Or do you get the up and down Dylan Brooks that Grizzlies fans have become accustomed to seeing? And when you have something going, I mean, there is something to be said about the cliche. Like, if you got something good going, don't fix it. And right now, through three games, it would be very hard to disrupt the chemistry that's been seen in the starters. I will say the one case against it, which you brought up, is the lack of productivity from the bench. And if you put someone like DeAnthony Melton, whether it's Brooks or Melton, but we've seen DeAnthony Melton be that boost. We've seen him in Brandon Clark, and that would require Brandon Clark to continue to progress forward in an appropriate way. But can they be those, as Mike Wallace always said last season, like the boost brothers together? coming off the bench and giving that unit a little more oomph. But right now, like you're in such a good situation. If you're the Grizzlies having DeAnthony Melton, having Desmond Bain and having Dylan Brooks waiting in the wings, like that's a pretty sweet problem to have if you're Taylor Jenkins. It's a great problem to have. I would love to be considered the Boost Brothers. <laughs> Dylan. I think we could be fantastic together out there on the court. I regretted saying his name. I knew you were going to bring the accent. I had to. I can't. I can't not do it. Shout out to BC. 
Shout out to Brandon Clark. No, I, I do. I think Dylan is – I think bringing him off the bench is probably the way to go. And, look, they, they obviously will do the ease you back in thing. Like, the Grizzlies oh, have yeah. been doing that. Is the, is the, is the arm I – don't, I don't know why I don't know this. I don't know why I'm asking you all. I guess I've never really paid attention. <laughs> is it the shooting hand or the non-shooting hand? Non-shooting. Non-shooting That's hand. Good. Yeah. That's good. That's really good because I was like, man, if he comes back, like, if it's the shooting hand, then it's – I knew it was the non-shooting hand. I saw him at Summer League wearing the thing. Um. Yeah, I think that I think that'll be a big thing. The fact that it's the non-shooting hand, but yeah, no, I bring him off the bench to start. It's going to take him. The good thing is with an arm injury, you can still run, so your cardio should still be okay. Your cardio should still be good. Now, like running up and stopping and starting and jumping is different um, in an actual basketball game than running on like a treadmill or something. But um, his cardio should be better than say if it was like a leg injury. So Drew Hill he tries Drew, to make up for missed shots. It's, yeah, so, Justin has it taken. so let me let me say this. Drew Hill filled in for Gary Parish today on 92.9, and he said that um, having a, you know, uh, a cast on your arm is going to keep you from getting shots up. I'm like, a cast on his non-shooting arm is not going to keep Dylan Brooks from getting no. shots up. You know he's in there just getting up every shot he possibly can because <laughs> I think he's going to do exactly what you said, Ben. And when he gets in there off the bench, he's going to make up for lost time. Yeah. That, that's the one thing I'm worried about. He's like, I haven't played in a while. I got to get all these shots up, you know? I could just feel his energy at the end of that Lakers game. Like, God, I wish I was in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so, – so, look, they missed him in that Lakers game. There's no yeah. doubt they did. Abs- oh, 100%. Um, look, because he would take on the challenge of guarding, of getting out on Carmelo Anthony. Like, he'd just start face guarding him. And then the other thing they missed, too, was like Zaire. I know Chris Burnett touched on it today that Zaire – that game was a little too big for him. That's his third career NBA game, and it was a little too big for him. Now, I thought Zaire has looked farther along yeah. in, the, in the Cavs game and the Clippers game than I expected him to. He's really skilled, like a really smart player. He's made some passes that yeah. I go, whoa, okay. Like, I, you know, um, and his shot looks really good too. But that game was a little too big for him, and I think you would not have seen him on the court really, um, especially you would not have seen him on the court in the second half if Dylan was there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Zaire's been impressive considering everyone keeps reminding you that he's a project, he's a project. But when you look at like his size and his ability to stretch the floor, especially playing with someone like Jaw, like he'll get easy buckets and his potential as a playmaker, I think is big. But when he looks back on like what was his welcome to the NBA moment, it will be that game against the Lakers because everything that factored into it, having played with Bronny in high school then going up against uncle LeBron James like not many people call LeBron James uncle and Zaire Williams is one of them and that was his opportunity I agree with you I think the the lights were a little extra bright and Carmelo Anthony shot a little too open when Zaire Williams was in there in that fourth quarter yeah that's that's a great point Zaire has looked good his shooting touch has looked good as well which was a big question because his stats his counting stats at Stanford weren't that great um, if you, you know, take out all the context of what he went through his, his year at Stanford, um, I think he's, he's, you know, tracking well. And unfortunately when Dylan comes back, I, I he, his, some of his minutes will be a casualty. Um, I think Conchar is going to maybe find himself out of the rotation too when, when Brooks returns, but like, again, this Grizzlies team has depth as a problem. Um, you know, Anderson is best off at the four, but you've got Adams, Jaron, uh, Clark and Tillman. And when Tillman didn't play the first two games, Kyle looked all right. And then Tillman played and Clark and Anderson had to play the three. He struggled a little bit. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, they handle that. Jessica, I got a really important question to ask you. I caught a little bit of it this morning, uh, but I get to see all of it. Candy corn. Oh. 
Guys, why do we have to hate on candy corn? I bought a bag Can yesterday. Oh, thank you. We are on the same side. Candy corn gross. never hurt anybody. Oh, it's just fine. It is sugar. If you're going to eat candy, candy corn's right up there with, and I'm a huge gummy person. Like, I love gummy bears. I love gummy worms. But this time of year, like, just have a little candy corn. It's not that big of a deal. Settle down. Candy corn's no. disgusting. Oh, oh my god. Exactly. It, it is. Exactly. I mean, it's it's just blah. It looks gross. there's so many other candies out there on yeah. Halloween candy. Like who's there's so who, much other out there? What why? Psychopath just hands out candy corn to people. Like, <laughs> like what like what are you doing here? Like, like go get some Reese's peanut butter cups or some freaking MMs or Snicker like fun size Snickers or Twix or whatever. Sour like, Patch Kids. I'm a big Sour yeah, Patch Kids right. guy. Like there, there's yeah. so many other things. Yeah. To get. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I got a text saying Jason Tatum got hurt. Um, so I'm trying to figure oh. out if that actually happened. No. Mm -hmm. uh, but I so I don't. I know. got a text that Marshawn Lynch is on the Manning cast. So. I'm sure that's an oh. amazing conversation between Peyton Manning <laughs> and, Eli and Marshawn Lynch. While Peyton's wearing his Eli Manning Ole Miss jersey, yes. too, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, amazing. But, well, that, see, if you were ever going to watch the Manning cast, it's nice to watch it because, um, okay, Tatum's back in. Um, never mind. So it looks like he's okay. Apparently, he's balling out, too. Good. It's Marshawn Lynch, Tom Brady, Sue Bird, and Drew Brees. That's what a, a lineup. That's a group right there. That is. Here's a little Peyton Manning. Oh, Here's a little Peyton Manning rookie card. Why do you have these things on deck like that? <laughs> yeah, oh, why no, no, do you no, no, just no. have your collection? Here's our Jason Tatum. So oh, Jason Tatum. <laughs> at a 99, at a 249 limited rookie. There's the price tag on it. I did not pay that much for it. Um... Anyway. Can we just name, name like name players and see if Roser has a card on deck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really do. Like I, I well, though I got some of this stuff Saturday, so I haven't had a chance to like put it all up yet. Um, bull bull, where's your bull bull card? You stop it! I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Um, hang on, hang You're on. Dead. Uh, you while will while you find it, while you find it, I did want no, to no, we got I, it. Here we go. I don't think people should What's, hand out candy corn right I agree candy corn that. is to be consumed like yes. don't be that bird you know that's not trick-or-treat candy I it's agree. fall candy okay anyway go on Roser. what's better than one bowl bowl <laughs> Two oh my gosh <laughs> is it buy one get one <laughs> or something bowl, else. please i will sell these for i got some minute bowls over here for you can probably find some minute bowls in my collection all right so on our, on our betting Bridges, he's balling out on our, on our betting preview show, Ben picked the Mavericks to win the division. I picked the Grizzlies to win the division. Jessica, John, how do y'all feel about each one of our bets? Well, Ooh. I am not allowed to do anything involving gambling in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Um, so I cannot give you advice on what to bet and what not to bet because I know the NBA will be watching this. I don't need betting advice. I just need you to tell me what you think about yeah. the Grizzlies. Who's going to win the division? division? I think the Grizzlies are off to a better start than the Dallas Mavericks are. So yeah, There you go. Um, and I think Taylor Jenkins is probably a better coach than Jason Kidd. A little bit. Certainly a better human being. Um, <laughs> at least, I mean, look, look, I no, no, no. Uh, I, Jason Kidd is one of my favorite players ever. I love Jason Kidd. I love how that guy plays the, played the game. Um, and I think his track record as a head coach is really taking away from just how awesome of a player he was. 
Um, I mean, that guy could score. He was one of those. It's almost like a Draymond Green before a Draymond Green where, like, Jason Kidd could score six points and totally dominate a game. And I watched Draymond Green come into FedEx Forum one night and get a triple-double without scoring ten points. Like, how Draymond Green could totally control a game at times, except Jason Kidd was better than Draymond Green. But, um, like, I, I think it takes away from how – I think some of – like Jason Kidd gets ripped so much for his coaching that it takes away from how awesome of a player that that guy really was. Like, he was freaking awesome to watch play. I mean, that guy, he really could. He didn't have to score 10 points, and you look up, and that guy would totally control the game and dominate it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, by the way, I did change my, my pick when I put the article out right before the season started because – You went with the Spurs? Right, Justin. No, he went with the Rockets. <laughs> Big Jalen yeah, Green yeah, energy. No, no I, I, did, I did the Pelicans. I thought they'd be better without Zion. Um I was wrong on that. No, I, you I, just I switched trying to pick a different team or something. Like, wait, <laughs> no, 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 I took, I took the Grizzlies. Come on, come on. Okay. Um, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> all right. Uh, coming up, the Grizzlies have three games. I'm just going to throw this out there. We discussed about missing Dylan Brooks. Which game is the Grizzlies going to miss Dylan Brooks the most of these next three? The Blazers with McCollum and Lillard, Warriors with uh, Steph Curry, because we know how that went when they play each other in the play-in game and, you know, the last game of the season. And you got the Heat with Jimmy Butler. Um, which of those Miami. three are the – Miami? Heat, They're going to miss Miami. the most of Miami? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take the Heat as well on that one. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. Just the, the physicality. Like, that's going to be a dogfight. That is. Yeah. Like, that game's just – it's going to be a dogfight with, with those – with those uh, when you play Miami. Like, you're in for a fight. Um, I love how the Heat play. And, uh, yeah, it has to be Miami. Like, the, the Warriors will play a little more finesse, and the Blazers mm-hmm. definitely will play a little more finesse. Look, the Grizzlies are going to go into Portland and win on Wednesday night. Um, yeah. I'm, not wor- I'm not worried about that. I don't think Portland's that good. Josh uh, 50. No, well, yeah, no. One of my things oh. from the season, I said I thought, the, I thought the Grizzlies were better than the Clippers, and I thought the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were better than the Warriors, and the Grizzlies were better than the Blazers. Now, we may not be better than the Warriors. We may not be. Um, and then especially when Clay gets back, like if Clay's any, if Clay's 90% of Clay, then the Warriors are going to be even better. Uh, but I, I do, we're better than the Clippers without Kawhi. We're better than the Blazers. Uh, I mean, yeah. And especially if the Grizzlies shoot at the level that they have from the three point line in these last or first three games, like they can go shot for shot with those teams right now. But when it comes to Miami, that physicality, like you will miss the dog and Dylan Brooks in that game. Yeah. CJ McCollum. And, I mean, like Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Bell should be able to eat. Yeah. Um, and who do the Bla- who is the Blazers big oh Nurkic? They got Nurkic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've watched Ja go for 40 against the Blazers. It ain't like he's gonna sit back there and just totally, you know, beat Dikembe Matumbo or anything. Like I, I I think, yeah, I think I think the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies are gonna beat the Blazers on Wednesday night. Yeah, so so I kid a little bit about Ja from 50, but he's gonna come back pissed off about that free throw number one. And number two, he always goes hard against Portland. Do, yeah. you th- do y'all think like Ja could be the first 50 point scorer for the Grizzlies like this season? You think he could do it? Oh, no, no, he will. He will. Yeah. He'll do it this season. He will do it this season. Um, I think we could have two guys do it this year. Um, I think Jared's got the potential to score 50 in a game. Dylan will try. Like, Dylan's going to try. Like, you think I mean, maybe. The key to getting to 50 is you got to get to the free throw line. Like that was the key with Ja getting to 40. Like he's nine of 11 from the free throw line. You got to get to the free throw line to be, I mean, like how many guys score 50 with having four free throws on the night? Like it's just, you know, 
Like, you've got to be able to get to the free throw line. Because scoring yeah. with the clock stop mat- matters a ton. Scoring with the clock stop matters a ton. And you got to make them. And that's the thing that, you know, even though he missed the one, that is the thing that he will focus on and take with a vengeance going into the rest of this road trip. He's already better at the free throw line this season. So he's getting there. He's making them. Uh, you know that he will now make it his challenge to make even more free throws this season. So, yeah, I think 100%. Look, year, I, I, saw, I saw somebody tweet out last night after all this happened that John Morant was going to stay behind and shoot a thousand free throws, and Dylan was going to be talking shit the whole time <laughs> while he was doing it. <laughs> Checks out. That's actually a good thing to do. Like it's not, it's not crazy. It's not that crazy with either of them either. Hey, let me, I, here, I'm, I'm gonna. We're. The, I'm the guest. I'm the guest, and, Je- and Jess is, is the guest. So, but I'm gonna flip it, and I'm gonna ask a question to y'all. Is Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, trust me, I I don't have them actually on me. I have plenty of Jaron Jackson Jr. rookie cards too. Um, but I will ask you. We have seen Evan Mobley, who is I mean that guy's the freaking real deal. My God, like ridiculous. And now we've seen the Lakers. In between that, we had the Clippers, and Jaron had his best game against the Clippers. We had what three of twelve or four of twelve against the Cavs. We had three of twelve against the Lakers. Is it the size that, of those guys that's giving him problems, or is this just something like it is right now? He'll figure it out and he'll be good. Or is this could be something that we're talking about all season? Like these teams that have size give him problems. Like Evan Mobley was fast enough to stay with him off the dribble. And Anthony Davis is obviously quick enough, strong enough to stay with him when he tries to move off the dribble. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Jaron's ever had a good game against Anthony Davis. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Davis always plays well against Jaron as well. Um, Mobley's another – he's a player like Jaron, quick at his size, uh, that wingspan, good defensively. Uh, I, I think – this, I think this has to be the season that Jaron figures out how to deal with that, the, the length problem that he has, um, because he can't become just a three-point shooter. Uh, he's got to be able to finish at the rim uh, when he's coming off the dribble and doing those kind of things. Um, but it's, it's, it's clear that the size seems to be a problem for him. Um, and if, if our plan is for him to be the, the five long-term, it, it's, it's got to be figured out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to you have to get that variety offensively. And if you say he's going to have a 50-point game, I know there's been much talk of could he potentially average a 20-point season. And if he's going to do that, he has to find a way to finish at the rim this season against some of those bigger guys. Yeah, if he's going to take that next step that everybody's kind of expecting him to and actually be the de facto number two to Ja, uh, he's going to have to be able to do that because we can't have to where – well, Jaron shows up a few nights, and then he's a number two, and then Dylan's a number two. He, John's going to need that number two to step up. And uh, when he's not feeling it one night, that's going to happen. We haven't seen it yet, but it's going to happen, and he's going to need someone like – he's going to need Jaron to step up and pick up the slack. No, that, that's, that, that, gonna, that, that is the other biggest thing from this season that we have to find out. Is Jaron good enough to be a number two next to Ja? Or is he a number three or a number four option? Like, that's what we have to find out. Do they need a number two? Is this something Zaire Williams – look, Zaire Williams ain't going to be – if Zaire Williams is a number two, he ain't going to be able to grow into that right away. Like, that's going to take a few years before we would know that. Um, is this something that – you know, they're going to have to try to find out, um, you know, 
or is it something they've looked? The Grizzlies got three first round picks at their disposal coming up in next year's draft. They've got guys on good contracts that if they need to make a deal to find somebody that's legit. Um, I've been screaming the good name of Jalen Brown for a long time. Would love that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, look, who knows? But I'm just, I'm just saying, like that. That's the biggest thing. They need to find out if Jaron is a number two or a number three guy. They need to find that out. So I don't, I don't know yeah. if any of y'all, if any of y'all noticed this, the difference between game one and two and game three. Games one and two, at all times, Ja or Jaron were on the floor. So John Adams would kind of be together. Jaron would kind of play with the second unit, and then they close it out together. It didn't seem to go that way in the Lakers game. Do you think that's something we need to see more of? Let let Jaron be the second unit five to get that practice doing that number one, but also because that gives you a scoring punch with that bench unit, yeah. and then John and Stephen can do their their pick and roll and, and uh, rim dives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I think that is a thing. I think it's also putting putting Jaron on the second unit to say, okay, you are the man now in the second unit. Like, you need to go score and you need to play like you are the man. You know, you are the guy that can get his own shot and do crazy things off the dribble. Or you can post up and you can shoot with either hand. That was one of the things I was impressed with in the preseason is when the guy, like, Jaron always used to try to get back to his left, always. And in the preseason, he caught a ball in the post and he turned and went, went right up with his right hand and made a jump hook. And I was like, oh okay like you didn't try to spin back to your left um and I was like okay maybe we're gonna see some of this and we really haven't seen him do anything really in the post it's been we haven't seen him do a lot of post work and he can do it more um but I think yeah that's that's you're gonna see him play with more second unit guys just to try maybe try to get his aggression going a little more one last thing uh, y'all touched on it during the broadcast, but now that y'all are back uh, out of the suite, give me one pro and one con. Masks, con. Masks are a con. They're they're a con. They suck. They do. They suck. Um, I, I don't. I don't look. I wear them. I wear them because I have to. Um, I will wear them in a gas station. I will wear them in a grocery store. Cause again, I don't know those people. I don't know where those people, where people have been. I, I have no problem wearing them there, but I do not like wearing them when I'm having to know I'm going to be sitting somewhere for three hours. Like it's just, it's, it stinks. Like it gets hard to breathe. Um, it's just not fun wearing a mask. Uh, what's good is, yeah, we're back down low. We're back next to each other. We can talk to people in the crowd more. I, I, I you know, a lot of those people that, that, uh, that sit down there by 104, like I've known a lot of those season ticket holders for years. Like I've been going to these games, sitting in that, sitting in that section with, with uh, you know, with the radio broadcast since like 2012, 2013, something like that. So like, I, I know a lot of those season ticket holders around there and the ushers around there and, you know, you say hey to them all the time. So it's great to, uh, it's great to see all the fans um back there i'd also say that another pro is being back in the media dining room getting to be back next to everybody and not having to be on a zoom call um doing press conferences and everything it's great to be back in a press conference room um it'll be even better when we can get to go back in the locker room but i'd say those are the pros mass or the con mass or the con to everything anybody who loves wearing a mask is just straight lying to you like, nobody likes wearing uh... Listen, nobody Except asked Kanye me to smile. Kanye West nope. is the only person who likes wearing a mask. <laughs> nobody asks me to smile more when I have a mask on, and that is a win, and I appreciate it greatly. So I don't mind the mask that much. I'll have a very weird – it's like a pro-anacon because 
it's great to be back in a normal environment and it feels like this is for real and actually getting to experience FedEx Forum with fans and yes, the media dining and seeing people come in like Omari Sankofa when he was here with the Pistons during the preseason and being able to catch up with friends from around the league is, is super cool to have the chance to do. I will say being that the pandemic season was all I knew, Sweet 216 was like a sanctuary last year. Like last year was so hard just across the board. And that became almost like group therapy every single game that we were there all the time. So much so that Eric Hasseltine brought his air fryer. He cooked us wings. He would make us dinner. We would stay after games and have some drinks sometimes. Like we just had an amazing time as a, as a unit and getting to know each other better. And like, I will always be so grateful to have those connections during the pandemic season, not to get all sentimental on it, but no, I mean, nothing beats normal sports in a normal environment with fans and streamers and Grizz holding up a baby. No, she's dead right about that. Like, I think we had in that suite, we probably had, it really was like a therapy session at times because everything else is so closed off and closed down. Like, it re- like we really did like get really personal with each other. We we actually yeah. did start to talk and like know each other on a very personal level and like talk about like the mental health struggles of the pandemic and how like and everything's locked down and just how miserable it is. Um, and, and no, she she's absolutely right about that. Um, Jessica, you 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 think masks suck? Don't 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 even lie. You're like I really don't. Put a mask on right now. Why weren't you wearing a mask? Because I'm in the comfort of my own apartment. I honestly, masks are like so second nature by now. I will say the only thing that's tough is because it's so loud in FedEx Forum when you have masks on trying to communicate with someone else with a mask on, that's when it's tough. And I am grateful that I can put the radio headset on and luckily we don't have to have the masks on when we're on the air because that would that would be a little bit tougher, you but I don't on. mind it. That's how you get around it. That's how you get around <laughs> it. You put the headset on. So you're not wearing the mask for three hours either. Nobody wants to. It's ridiculous. Come on, join us on Radio <laughs> Row, Roser. Come yeah, join us. He doesn't have a seat. It's too crowded. Dolph's yeah, table is packed. Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have a That's seat. The only I didn't have a Spanish seat. broadcast. So the Cleveland Cavaliers have Spanish radio. I, <laughs> for some reason, they still have it. I knew they got it when LeBron came back, but LeBron's been gone for like four years, and they still have it. It's fine. Miami's going to have Spanish radio. Um, yeah. You know, it's the Florida teams, the Texas teams, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Lakers have <laughs> everything. Right. So yeah, the Lakers have everything. And, Probably uh, the Knicks. Yeah, uh, then I don't even think the Knicks don't have Spanish radio. The Knicks, I don't think the, the Knicks don't. So I'll be up there when we play. Who do we play? Who is calling me right now? Uh, I'll answer that later. Um, what is the next non Miami? Nuggets next uh, Monday. The Nuggets. Yeah, I'll be the there. For back to back. I'll be there for and Denver. Home. Yeah, oh, I'll, yeah. Be there. I'll be there for the Denver one. That's when I'll that's when I'll be there. But I look, you think someone who hates wearing masks as much as me doesn't have ways? You think I ain't got ways? Come on, come on, come on. I got. Don't ways. be like Roser. Just wear your mask. Help others. Be a good person. She's wearing a headset. She's not wearing the mask. She's, she's got a way around it. Look, 
Look, look, I turned on it. I turned on that Lakers game last night. I'm watching the Lakers game. Bro, there ain't anybody. They're like, if you're within 25 feet of the court, you've got to wear a mask. Bro, there are people all over that arena within 25 feet of the court not wearing. There's like four people sitting directly behind the Grizzlies bench not wearing masks. It's they say you have to. They ain't really enforcing it. Let's be real. Just the same way you walk into a gas station, dude. I walked into a gas station this morning wearing a mask. There's like four other people in there not wearing masks. Go to a grocery store, people aren't wearing masks. What's up, Chris? Fire Marshawn Lynch dropped an F bomb. John, yeah. that's not Marshawn. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. Well, that, is anybody surprised by that? No, nobody. No, surprised. we no. need more of that. Take care more of your chip. that on the Manning cast. All right, so uh, we've got the we got a back to back Wednesday, Thursday, and then we got a game Saturday, Ben, and then we're back uh, recording again. Jessica, it's been an honor. And a pleasure a to have pleasure. you on. It's and been awesome. Thanks for having me. I'll be working with you. My one and only appearance ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be on the call with you Wednesday and Saturday. Um, granted, the baby doesn't come before then. Um, yeah. Roser, it's been awesome. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you can always count on me to say something crazy. <laughs> so glad that you're friends with Ben so that I had a way to get you to come on the podcast. Sure, just hit me up anytime. I'm happy to do it anytime. Man, ben, I, don't know, I don't know if the Grizzlies will let me do it anymore after this one. <laughs> They're going to be like, look, dude. <laughs> Can't call Reggie Miller a D-head. <laughs> well, I think like he's kind of known as that way. Like he's right. <laughs> look, hey, dude, Vince Carter was a total jerk to me once too when I was a kid. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. come on. I think I, I I like I know people that have gone up and talked to Reggie Miller. Like Reggie Miller's listening to this. <laughs> like, but you think? Please, Reggie Miller's not listening to this. There, there, there are known stories like of people trying to talk to Reggie Miller, and he's got no interest in talking to people. Um, I'm not the first person to ever say that. Roger, so. Reggie Miller cares what I think about basketball. I just want you right, to know exactly. that. Exactly. So Reggie Miller cares so much what I have to say. <laughs> And I love Reggie Miller as a player. Like Reggie Miller to me is like a criminally underrated player. So, but yeah, like, you know. Ben, you got anything to wrap us up? Please, before I say. I'll see uh, see y'all on on Saturday. Uh, Actually, Jessica, I'll see. See you on the kickball field, Ben. Oh, yeah, I'm not not at the kickball game on Thursday. So go crush it. Yeah, I'll see Chris on Thursday. (laughs) You will. He will be there. I will not. I'll see y'all on Saturday, and Justin, I'll talk to you on Saturday. Yes, I'll I'll talk to you through the headset on Saturday. Well, appreciate y'all coming on. Yes, we appreciate our guests. Thank you to anytime, uh, man. Happy to do it. Thank you to Grind City Media and Ross Wooden for giving us the permission to have these two crazies on. uh, You have you have permission to have Jessica on again. I I doubt you. Oh, all right. Well, for Ben, I'm Justin. This has been another episode of the Three and D Pod. Thank <laughs> you.